Welcome to It's Not That Deep with me, Lucy Woods, a mindfulness teacher, and me, Adrienne Kirk, a psychotherapist. Every episode, we discuss navigating the messiness of everyday life. We know it's a big subject, but we will do our best to discuss it lightly and make some sense of it all. Welcome to this episode of It's Not That Deep, where we're going to be discussing why do we get nervous. Um, and in previous podcasts, we've we discussed uh, why do we get embarrassed. Um, and it seems interesting to to have the two because nerves is a is an anticipation of an event, whereas embarrassment is about something that in in a response to an event. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of the embarrassment is looking back at what has happened, and the nerves is about what may or may not happen and our fear about that yeah yeah it's, it's interesting isn't it and I, and I know that I chose to to look at this topic because I'd had this extreme nervous reaction to to something that had happened to me the other day when I was auditioning for something I couldn't quite believe the state I'd got myself into so I really wanted to explore this as a topic but let's start where we always do is how or what use in nature, in our evolution, has getting nervous been? Like, how has that been useful to us? In what way? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when I was thinking about this, say, we come back to that idea of safety all the time, right? Yeah. But this is not the sort of saving us from the saber-toothed tiger type safety, that kind of bodily threat. I think it's more about needing to remain part of a group so I think we get nervous about doing something wrong um, and evolutionarily of needing to remain part of the social group because that's how we stay safe so we don't want to be to do something that ends up with us getting excluded ridiculed uh, sent out of because once we're outcast from the group we would have not being able to have a tribe to find food with or to hunt with or, yeah. or you know, absolutely with. exactly yes. <laughs> yes. procreate with I mean all of the things yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. so that's I think that's where the safety comes from so I think it is yeah. like embarrassment I think it is a mechanism to keep uh, the relationships going to keep in connection with people yeah. um, but it's an anticipation of of what that might be rather than a response to it to yeah, an that's, event it's really interesting i think because it feels like fear you know yeah and and i think as a modern day human we don't necessarily know that distinction of the type of fear that it is because until you kind of said that i hadn't really thought about that distinction that this is not a saber-toothed tiger's about to eat me response, but a kind of around being judged or or ridiculed or outcast or or whatever. So there is this subtle difference. I wonder how the if the you know I might explore whether the body does do something different. And actually, I think it does. I, I think when I think of my own anxiety a proper fear thing then I think it's all in the pit of my stomach it's all that kind of um, fight or flight mm. more thing whereas this was just weird kind of shaking like I really had bodily shake it did feel different and it felt disproportionate you know and I'm trying to activate my best mindfulness to say come on it's not that deep but interestingly I was being judged that was the purpose of me being there yes Yes. 
So perhaps that was a, that is a, that is a genuine situation that I was going to be outcast from the opera company. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, which is a group, right? I think the thing about shaking is that that is our body's response to adrenaline. Yeah. That's that's you know that's what that's about, and. I think there is some research that says that one of the things that happens um, in our brain when when we are flooded with adrenaline is it gives us tunnel vision, so it allows us to be able to focus, right? So it means that we our peripheral vision goes and we don't necessarily see all the detail, but we are it's a it can be a laser like focus, um, yeah. and we can use that maybe to be. Um, to be more prepared to, to get rid of that sense of, of um, of anxiety about about you know yeah. about this event that is going to happen. See, and interestingly, if I'm about to, so if I've got the part, and I'm about to go on stage, mm. there's a very similar kind of feeling. Yeah. Which I know is still nerves, right? It's still nerves, but it's not. And I suppose I could be judged by the audience, but I sort of don't care as much because I've got the part. They can't <laughs> chuck me out now. And you're prepared. And I'm well prepared, well rehearsed, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think. Although, if I do have an anxiety dream, it's generally, I'm looking at the music thinking, drat, I've got to go on stage now, I don't know any of it. Um, that's, that's a reoccurring theme. Yeah. But the, what you said about the laser focus and the tunnel vision, I don't know if you're familiar with Ian McGilchrist, who has done all that study around right brain, left brain, mm-hmm. split hemisphere, um, he's written an incredible book called The Master and His Emissary where he talks about you know people have this myth that right brain is all about creativity and left brain is all about maths and stuff yeah. which isn't quite true but what he says is that right brain is about wider awareness left brain about narrow awareness and if you think of a bird also split hemisphere they have to have one eye on pecking the seed out of the pebbles and the other, it's not necessarily I, but you know, the other sense of looking around for predators. So they have to hold two of both of those things in awareness at once. You know, and we're similar in that respect. But he talks very much about under stress, we go left brain. Yeah. And it all becomes about the sort of minutiae and, the, and a bit more detailed and stuff. And it does feel a bit like that. I'm sure people can recognise that feeling of almost like the world kind of getting narrower and smaller and, and, and sort of caving in a bit when we're under a lot of pressure and how we use that becomes important. Right? Absolutely, and, and interestingly, or not, but it is interesting to me, um, when there's a crash call in a hospital and everybody goes running to it, one person in that team, their job is simply to stand back and keep watch over the whole thing because if you're the person responsible for the airway, right, what you don't pay any attention to is the blood pressure. Yeah. Um, and and things can go wrong because you have that tunnel vision on the thing you are doing. And, and responsible that, for I, Absolutely, and that's how mistakes yeah. happen. So that team that, that, that goes to a crash call, there is always somebody who's kind of in charge overseeing, so has has a has that broad look at it while everybody else is, is left-braining the hell out mm. of the bit that they're meant to be taking care of. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. I love that idea. And it's really important. I feel safe knowing that someone's (laughs) doing that. So coming back to the embarrassment kind of thing, there's a sense that if we know this is what's going to happen physiologically, all of this stuff, you know, for some people I know get terrible kind of rashing, um, blushing is obviously a common response, me, it was shaking, 
whatever it might be. Um, I said embarrassment. You did, and I was going to say, when we're talking about nerves. Nerves, sorry. We we can still have these similar responses. Menopause brain for you. <laughs> um, I knew that I'd done it halfway through that sentence. I was thinking, no. So all these physical responses of the nerves um, presenting themselves, then obviously awareness of it happening. We always come back to this stuff, don't we? But if we haven't banged on about it enough, um, this is a really helpful skill to have. Um, you know, what are the kind of things that we can do to help? alleviate that sort of future I suppose fear of of Mm. nerves or or to support ourselves through getting nervous yeah it's a really good question isn't it and um and I think that that there's a number of things as as always you know you, you I always come back to what is a story and what is and what is real right so can we step away from the stories because quite a lot of those nerves we, we we kind of we kind of feed it right we use that adrenaline to tell stories rather than to focus on the task at hand mm. um which then gets in the way right so yeah, they and, probably stemmed from a thought in the first yeah. place like oh my gosh i bet this might happen yeah absolutely absolutely and i know that in your situation you really were being judged but but in lots of situations actually most of us are too busy worrying about ourselves to kind of worry about what someone else is doing um and so that story that we tell ourselves about being judged in that situation is not necessarily the case right and i think i think it's important you know you always talk about can we zoom out and and be an observer rather than be right in it Mm -hmm. so can we say nervousness is here yeah nervousness is about My rather than responding in a nervous way exactly <laughs> rather than i am nervous yeah. which doesn't really leave us any space to be anything yeah. else i'm a nervous person it's that identification yeah. with it can really be unhelpful can't it yeah absolutely because yeah. then it becomes the way in which we define yeah. ourselves and we're stuck there then yeah. yeah and i think that's so important what you said about the sort of stories we tell ourselves because often it's as we've been talking and an anticipated thing a, a possible thing but also maybe not a possible thing and maybe just a story we tell ourselves and it comes back to that sense that we're a little bit sort of self-obsessed aren't we in the nicest possible way we're all like it yeah always thinking because of you know it's not our fault i love that an evolutionary function of wanting to be remain in the pack um we're always kind of worried about how we are in relation to other people but there just might be a possibility that people aren't even worrying about us because they're too busy worrying about themselves. Yeah. Um, or that the stories that we're telling ourselves just aren't founded in facts. So I think we've talked about this before, you know, can we come back to the evidence? Mm-hmm. Um, can we kind of get that sense that, you know, it's, it's not going to be helpful, you know, that actually yeah. we, the one thing we do have uh, control over is how we might respond. So if we can get kind of handle on that, and I do think we can unleft brain ourselves, right? So which is what the zooming it, out is. So zooming out, but physiologically, if anybody hasn't seen the TED talk about power posing, I think mm. I've mentioned this before. And I can't for the life of me remember her name, but just put power posing TED talk. It will come up. There's a lot of talk about how we can flood ourselves with testosterone. 
which helps to kind of bring a bit of confidence um, by standing with our arms in the air in a big star shape or even just moving, swinging the body, getting that adrenaline a bit more spread rather than sitting in it, you know. And you're absolutely right when you say my kind of nervousness is very different to, to our everyday kind of nervousness because mine was a little bit founded you know, on something, whereas most of the time it's quite unfounded or it might feel a bit disproportionate. Yeah. But we will react and we can help ourselves. So jumping on the spot, star jumps, all those things, looking up, right? When we go down, look up at the sky, look up at the trees, open the body posture. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if I said this last time, almost definitely did, but whenever I used to go and whenever I was giving a lecture, because mostly I did small group teaching when I worked in university, mm. and when I was going to do a lecture, then I would power pose, arms, you know, star-like, um, yeah. before before I went into the lecture theatre, just to kind of get that confidence yeah. going. Amy Cuddy, that's her Yes, name. yes. And, and that's it, what I do in the wings yeah. of the theatre, I probably mentioned that before. I, it, it, but this importance of catching it, recognising nervousness is here, what can I do that might support me, yeah. that might help me? And go on. And I was going to say, I think one of those other stories that we tell yeah. ourselves is, is about we, we get nervous because we want to do a good job, yeah. right? If we didn't care, we wouldn't get nervous, right? Yeah. So we want to do a good job. The trouble is, as human beings, what we do is we, we take that to, to the... A ridiculous degree yeah. right so now I want to be perfect I want to be note perfect I want to have that roll down pat I want to be I want to be the embodiment of that character in this audition yeah. or right? even just I want people to like me yeah. at this networking yeah. meeting or you know, absolutely so from a therapist's point of view I one of the things I often come back to with clients is can we be good enough mm. which is about doing our best in the moment but but kind of dropping the need to be perfect yeah. Because that's a hiding to nothing. We can't. Be, yeah. We're human beings, right? We're not going to be perfect all of the time, or very much of the time, to be fair, you know. But And we can still be good enough, which means being the best we can with the available resources and situation. Yeah. And here we come to the main reason why I was so flipping nervous, <laughs> which, you know, let's just be honest here, I hadn't done anywhere near as much preparation as I normally would. Huh. Yes. <laughs> so I, I didn't give myself a fighting chance of mm. being able to do what I normally do, which is I did all the prep I could, I did all the learning I could, and now it's in the lap of the gods. So it came with this, you haven't done enough, you silly woman, story, before I'm even going in. You'll probably forget your words because they're not ingrained enough and under pressure, brain going offline, the muscle memory wasn't strong enough. Um, So I think that's a really crucial part. If it is something like a public speaking thing or even like one of those uh, vocal business cards or whatever we do at networking or any time where we're putting ourselves in a situation in front of other people who have to talk, for example, I think that's one of the biggest fears. How might we, as best we can, prepare so that regardless of what happens, it will be okay. And it's so interesting, isn't it? Because we often talk about letting go of the things that are not in your control. Yeah. And of course, the other side of that is, See, what are the things that are in my control? Oh, and, and that was. Yeah, and, and what can I do so that that's not the thing that lets me down? Because 
things that are out of your control will happen. If you're as prepared as you can be, then that helps to mitigate some of those, you know, the things that are randomly, you know, happen. I don't know. Were you there? <laughs> because some random things happened, change of venue, like uh, just a whole series, a succession right. of things happened, which I wasn't expecting. So on yeah. top of the fact that I was barely holding on to the memory of my words, there were, so, yeah, we changed, we were supposed to be singing in the church, which has a lovely acoustic, and we had to sing in the hall, which does not have a very forgiving acoustic. So all of these things were something like, oh no, <laughs> not only have I got to deal with the lack of preparation, but these other things, whereas mm. you know, previous auditions when I've been fully prepared, fully in the game, I have been able to just rely on muscle memory, go into autopilot and just be working with, am I looking as if I'm really nervous? Can I allow my body to soften? Can I feel my feet on the floor? Because you can't do that stuff if you're working with you know, a very scant knowledge of the words. No, absolutely. You're very... You're learning for your... You know, yeah, because that's what you're having to focus on, right? Yeah. And so, and I think, I think that's, I think that's such a great example of, you know, it feeling like then it's sort of sliding out of, you know, out of control, right? Um, and and it's so important to remember that some things we do have control over. You know, we often talk about the thing that most often we have control over is how we respond in a mm. situation, but you know along uh, alongside that actually there is there are things that are in our control to be able to prepare for or to have done the reading or to have practiced our introduction or you know just just things that that will ease our way into a situation where we might become nervous it's funny isn't it because i think if if people are honest with themselves the times when they've been most nervous is when there's been a lack of preparation yeah, you know, that's the time when we're most scared. When we think, oh, I didn't do that thing I was supposed to do. Am I going to get found out? Is someone going to notice that you know I haven't? All those kind of things. And I think in those situations, it it magnifies the things that are out of our control, right? The change of venue or the traffic on the way there, so oh, the we're a bit racing. late, and the heart racing and all of those things. You know, it's the sort of the opposite of um, that that golfer's maxim. You know, the the harder I practice, the the luckier I get, right? Yes. You know, so, so the more the more we are prepared for things, the less we are bothered by the things that are out of our control because because we have a confidence about what we're about to do. Whereas if we're not prepared, those things that that those are more things in our bucket then, right? So then all of a sudden there we are with an overflowing bucket Absolutely. and no resources. Yeah, yeah. So it feels like that then, if people are prone. To getting nervous, um, what are the things within control? That feels like the best place to start there, doesn't it? Yes. What, what is the stuff that we can do? And then getting really familiar, I think, with the physical reactivity in the body, like know, knowing how it is, breathing, you know. I know we all breathe, um, but if we... Because it is a fear response, albeit mm-hmm. it's not a saber-toothed tiger one. We know, don't we, that if we can just gently kind of extend the breath, this the brain kind of can think, well, we, we can't not be safe then. If we were able to breathe a bit deeper, this wouldn't happen if, if we were unsafe. Yeah. So it kind of tricks the brain into going, oh, we must be all right again then. Yeah, and turn off the adrenaline and cortisol. Yeah. 
bring the prefrontal cortex back, back online, online and allow us to go, what do I have control over yeah. here? You know, how can I be present and yeah. do what it is I need to do? And maybe even enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the difference in for me actually performing is there's it suddenly, although it feels similar, it turns into excitement, anticipation rather than dread, you know, or worry. Yeah. Um, and and it's very similar physiologically, yeah. but very different. So yeah, I think I think that's really helpful actually to. And do you know what the one last thing I want to end on that's just suddenly struck me, particularly for people that do have quite visual physical reactivity to getting nervous is to not try and not do it yes right that feels really important yes because what we resist persists absolutely so i was working with a client today who has kind of restless leg syndrome and jiggly legs and they said when they're under pressure when there's something they feel they can't escape from we're talking about boring meetings and stuff actually like going on too long and they just wanted to get on with their day it shows up in their body mm. but then they're really conscious that people are watching that and, and the more they try and fight it the more it seems to fuel it yes. so how might we a bit i think we've touched on this with anxiety attacks and stuff how might we kind of just go right okay nervousness is here and that's all right it's okay i'm human and i can breathe and if i don't fight it i've got a better chance of perhaps it passing sooner yeah and also think this is it's a helpful thing this yeah. is my nervousness allows me to be able to focus so actually can we can we embrace the fact that it's here as a as a tool that we can that we can use that we then have some control over yeah. oh john kabat-zinn would say let's roll out the red carpet for all these difficult <laughs> emotions and this is one of those occasions where that's exactly the sentiment isn't it yeah absolutely Fantastic. Oh, thanks, Adrienne. Thank you. You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Adrienne Kirk and Lucy Woods. If you've enjoyed listening, then why not subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes?